The following is a very important message. All right, Miss Aries, take 32. And please, just read the script this time. I got it. Jeez. Congrats to friends of the show, 5 Cent Freak Show, for winning some stupid contest Boris made up. Now I have to say the line, we may be freaks, but we are not alone. Cut. Whatever, I'm out. Hello, and welcome to that, was it, it's the, hold on, I'm new. It's the crampy, the crampy horror radio show. Um, I'm Morris Orblog, and we're here in the cavern and we're going to be uh interviewing people and i got like a there's like a robot here that's screaming at me you will know when i'm screaming chapstick and a weird butler that's staring at me in the corner but i i'm the i'm the new host well i'm i'm not the new host i'm the same host um, you guys aren't supposed to know that we replaced old Morris Orlob with me, but that's that's what we're doing. So we're just going to get right into it with the story. I don't even have a story. Um, does the robot? Hey, does the robot? Does the robot have a story? I'm supposed to have the story. Who are you even talking to? Uh, okay. Well, I wasn't aware that I was supposed to have the story, so I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do. Hey, Eris, we're out of toilet paper. Are you making paper mache grenades again? Ah, hey, <laughs> who are you? I'm Morris, the host of the crappy, boring picture show podcast. The host. <laughs> What's going on here? Eris? Wasn't my idea. I voted to cancel the show entirely. Uh, I don't know. This is, this is kind of awkward, right? Uh, Siri? Siri robot? What do you think? Is this awkward? Can't hear you. Get closer to my kill zone. I don't even... What's the butler's name? What's the butler... Hey, Wayne. Garth? Wayne? <laughs> you in the corner? Is this weird for you? It's weird for me. Um, I thought they told you that this was happening. No. Uh, I'm sorry about this. But you've been replaced, uh, Morris. It's Boris. Yeah, that's what I said, Morris. Well, I mean, if that's what they want, who am I to argue? <laughs> no hard feelings. Might I give some professional advice, though? Sure. If you are going to record the show, you'll need to first press the record button. Uh, that makes, that makes sense. What, uh... It's the big red button right in front of you. All right, I'll I'll press it. All right, we're we're ready in three, two. <laughs> There's only one Doctor Boris Talbot Orlock from the land that shall not be named. I kinda miss the new guy. G-
All right, here we go. And three, two, one. It's jam. He just proposed to me under the autumn trees in the park just now. We're gonna get married. Congratulations. What can I help you with today? Oh, we were just passing by and we would love to hear what our future will bring. The wedding, oh God, it's gonna be wonderful! Ah! My hair! My hair's going to explode! Please, have a seat. <laughs> Thank you so much. Please allow me to light these candles. Only take a moment. I glanced back at the couple at the table, and while the woman was absolutely glowing with excitement, the man, he looked at her, but not the way a man usually looks at the love of his life. It was vacant, empty. It was like he disliked her, but it was just strange. It didn't take a psychic to notice the odd behavior, and believe me, this was odd. He wasn't happy or sad, and he definitely didn't look like someone who had just popped the question. May I hold your hand, miss? Of course. As I felt her soft palm against mine, I was bombarded with images of the days leading up to the wedding. It's like your mind is overflowing with joy, and the coming days would be an equal reflection on that. I'd see wandering into a bakery trying various cakes with pastel frosting. Another day, your close friends will come and they'll lounge on the big white couch, and then you'll quickly emerge from the changing room, looking radiant in a beautiful, flowing white gown, and your friends are going to jump up and they're going to pour out their compliments to you. And finally, on the day of the wedding, I see that you're going to do your auburn hair, styled up with small braids and a white rose pin to hold it all together and you'll smile brilliantly as a gray-haired man probably your dad right right leads you down the aisle in a small church and gently kisses your cheek and passes your hand to your fiance by the altar and more happy tears are going to form at the corner of your eyes as you speak your vows just like what's happening to you right now oh that is such a lovely sight the entire time, the man still maintained a polite, happy expression, almost like he was, almost like he was fiending it, but I didn't want to jump to any sort of conclusion, of course, and right up into the wedding, their future looked bright and beautiful, just like the expression that danced on the woman's face. As the session concluded, the woman paid me. Thank you so much for the session. Here, I'm sure this should be enough to cover everything for you. Oh. Thank you, but this is a little too much to accept. Oh, but I insist you deserve it. That was such a wonderful reading. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. As they were about to leave, out of courtesy, I reached out to shake her fiance's hand, but I took his palm in mine, and suddenly... More images flashed in my head, and my smile faded into absolute horror. I just saw blood, so much blood, and it, and it soaked into the white hotel suite rug. It splashed into the nearby champagne bottles. My mind just started reeling, and there was blood splattered across the vase that held white roses and, and a beautiful bouquet, and worst of all, oh, worst of all is there was a twisted corpse on the floor. 
She had auburn hair and she was wearing a soaked, blood-soaked wedding gown. Several stab wounds in her abdomen and it just, it was everywhere. And standing over her was the groom and messy hair drenched with sweat and blood splattered everywhere. And he just had this sick, twisted grin and in his hand he clutched that shining hunting knife and it flecked and glore with white lace and I instantly snapped out of it. I mean, I was rushed right back to my little psychic shop and I dropped his hand and I just, I, I staggered back. I, I stared at him in absolute horror and for the first time, and for the first time since I had seen him walk through my front door with his soon-to-be wife on his arm, he had a wide, genuine smile spread right across his face. Please, welcome to the show, fortune-telling gumshoe and astronomical physicist, Cato the Medium. Cato! Do you ever hear your name being called when no one else is around? What the hell? What's your zodiac sign? Listen, I get to ask the questions on this show. Oh, okay, so I completely know that I am being recorded right now. That makes one of you. Boris usually has no idea. Hey! Fuck yeah, this is great. I've got a nice little microphone, so this is gonna be fun. All right, interview time. Okay, cool. That was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing that. No, we we haven't started the questions portion yet. Okay, and then can you hear me? Because I have a mouthful of metal braces, but I put an additional pop filter on. Do I need to turn my gain up or anything? Oh, no, no, no. We can hear you just fine. If you want to hear the spit in my mouth, if you want me crispy. I can arrange crispy. Grab a hold of that conductor over there to your left. Okay, great. No! Aries, don't electrocute my guests during the interview. Cool. Sorry, Kato. She's just upset that her Christmas present didn't turn out the way she wanted. <laughs> she asked for hands, so Santa brought her some from a Mr. Potato Head. Shut up. I have to ask, well, you know what? If you record in a car or in a vehicle, you can do a lot with them little devices. Stop making fun of me. I will kill everyone. Anyways, I could talk your ear off. No shit. <laughs> love it, love it. Okay, so did you write this? What? The, the interview? No, I believe Garth Garfunkel did this episode's cue cards. Okay, so you're not going to be offended if I change it around a little? Go for it! Okay, interesting. Okay, so you we probably want to go through it like twice then, right? Nope. Okay, great. This is going to be interesting. Okay, so how do we start this? Do you want to like introduce me and then I just like go into... I've already introduced you. Because that's essentially what I'm doing, right? I'm like having the conversation as two people, morph it into storytelling and then ending it by like just saying something super graphic that nobody expects, right? You're making me nauseous with confusion. I have never vomited before. You might get to see some messed up shit today. Oh, okay. So you just do the whole DL, man. Hey, have you ever thought about using Zoom? What, like making whoosh sounds while I pretend to fly around? Like this? Whoosh! Zoom, 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 zoom. Nope. I know how to use a kaleidoscope. So you're batting zero with, with that. He still uses AIM. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. So, Kato, can you tell me of any good magic acts coming to town this year? Okay, I have no idea right off the top of my head. Um, Like really groovy ones. 
Thoughts? Give me like an example. I mean, like the singing and dancing kind. <laughs> With tigers. Okay, let me think about... Okay, let me think. Let me think. Take your time. There's nothing else I'd rather be doing. Okay, I get... I totally get what you're saying. Hold on, hold on. I gotta think. It takes me a minute, but I'm getting there. Hold on. Yeah, I have nothing. I hardly, I hardly do shit or, you know, I really got to do more things. I have some like freaky shit as far as like things that I've seen and experienced and whatnot. LOL. Funky grab the conductor. Holy crap. This is real. I told you. Crispy AF. Your turn. Hmm. Okay, cool. Whatever you want to do. I think it, I think it'll be fun. So as long as it's all fun and games, whatever. Hang on. Let me get my camera first. Yeah, that way you can coach me. Right. Coach. Okay, okay. Let's all just calm down now. Okay, cool. You're very laid back. I like that. Easy to roll with. Yeah, about the interview. Just let me know when you're ready to go. It's over. How was it? Let's take a short break. Hey, meat stick. Do you love to laugh? For some reason the dweebs at Sound Stooth do. They go sit and laugh at the Looney Bin Comedy Club, like a bunch of caged chimpanzees. Well, if you ever find yourself stranded in Tulsa, you can laugh like an idiot too. Each time you go, you can collect points, because life is really nothing but a simulation and the one with the most points at the end wins. Or you can save those points and use them to get free Looney Bin tickets on their website or the Sound Stooth app. Doesn't matter to me either way. Anyway, there's your commercial. You can leave now. Welcome to the show, <laughs> horror punk legends, <laughs> the Misfits. Smiths. What? It's not Misfits. It's Smiths. Mrs. Smith, my fourth grade teacher. No, you moron. Smiths is the band's name. They're like the Misfits, but with a shitty British accent. Shitty British accent. How dare you? I can do all kinds of accents. Well, who are you? I play bass uh, for the band Gorsi and Jackie and and uh, Martian. Um, uh, the drummer is the is the youngest. He's like twenty two or something, and he you know graduated college a year or two ago. And uh, you know everybody brings a lot of experience, so I think it makes the band a lot stronger. And I think that like everybody's like empowering each other and. Oh, whatever you are, welcome to the show. Did you find yourselves in awe at the majesty of the happy cave of wonders? Is this an excerpt from something or... What? Yeah, yeah, that, I like that. This is where we record the show and where I have the musical guests perform all the guestly music. Danzig will probably hate it. Like Ted dancing? You idiot. Hey, sorry to subject you to this torture. I hate everyone. But even I feel kinda bad for you right now. That dude's gnarly. Tell me about it. Look at his giant head. Hey! Yeah, it's a pretty decent size. And his super creepy voice. Sketchy AF. Pretty rapey. Rapey! It's not like a fancy room or anything. And Yeah, maybe he's just like super sick and he's just hallucinating all this or... You just wait. One day I'll get the real misfits in here. Then we will see who the delusional one is. I... Pretty sure that's never gonna happen. <laughs> then again, who knows? I will have you know that the Happy Horror Coffee Break has fans everywhere! Oh yeah. 
worldwide. Whatever, random guy. Hey, <laughs> you with the face. Gorsi. Whatever, you look like the singer. <laughs> Got any good lyrics to throw down? Life's steady isolation. Arrogant constellations. Out of touch and blurred assurance. Trapped in imminent hindrance. That, that's beautiful. All the time people come up to me and say, I couldn't afford Morrissey ticket and I couldn't afford a Misfits ticket. So thank you for doing this. I'm sure they do. You fiendish looking guy. What's your deal? But in, in personally, uh, my own career, I'm a producer and songwriter and shit. And I've been uh, in L.A. for about 12 years. Oh, that. I uh, grew up in Washington. Voice. And stuff, and, uh, it's so, you know, so uh, pretty full time music. Mesmerizing. Yeah, just yeah, and I actually just right. did a complete uh, right. massive upgrade of my studio, too. So I was in good shape. Saved up money. Five years. Steve, Steve, get back here. Hey, dipshit. What? YouTube stuff with iPhones and hipsters and shit. Steve is loose again. Who is this Steve guy you're talking about? Oh, Steve is our experimental pet we made in my lab. Part man, Baby. part goat, part sloth. Oh, dickhead. Sorry to interrupt, but it's time for your mid-interview snack break. Hey! <laughs> it's Garth Garfunkel coming in with the snacks just in time. I, what, what, what are these fucking... Like toast and tea or some shit? It is whatever it is, so you don't go hungry. You know, Garth went hungry one time and he died! <laughs> one of many times. And now he's a zombie and eats brains. He would never eat brains! That's just a misguided and hurtful stereotype! Take it back! We get, like, aggressive fucking punk dude. You are the aggressive punk dude! Or I guess you could say, you know, one masculine and one feminine. Wait, which one is which? I'm going out for a cigarette break. You are giving me a migraine. You can't get migraines. And you can't smoke. You are not my mother. No, no, I, I mean that you can't physically... I wouldn't mind a spot of tea. Sure, here you go. And I fancy toast. Right, it's it's part of the snack pack. Or a biscuit. I just have toast. But I, um... Marmalade. Okay. It's gotta be vegan, though. I have to go to the store now, I guess. Great! Now my snack time is delayed. Hey, Gorbachev, would you mind grabbing that? Hello. Well, what do they want? The show has been cancelled. What? The show has been cancelled. Oh. Aries, take over story time. I have some calls to make. Oh, 
Please do hurry. I would so hate to see this show tying. Shut up. I fell in love with his music. I didn't care if it was for the rats. But I am getting ahead of myself. That's not where the story starts. It truly began the day the boat came ashore near Adder's Field. It was large enough to need a crew of at least five, but it came in with only one man aboard, and that man was dead as they come. The man is true to the bone. Nothing but a lump of guts. Ow, Ma. Watch what you say! It's not very respectful to call a man a lump of guts. Burn the ship and everything aboard, from the dead man to the barrel of oats. It's so spoiled and littered with rat droppings that you can hardly see it for what it is. Everyone had hoped that burning it put an end to the bad luck the old boat brought to Thistleweed. But barely four weeks passed before people started to notice the rats. Black-haired and ugly things they were. Not to worry, we have so many cats and dogs. Nature has a way of taking care of these things. Only nature never got the message. Nearly eight weeks went by before my father acknowledged Thistleweed had a problem. And by that time, it was too late to stop the first wave of young rats from taking over the granary, and the storehouse, and the bakery. Cats started disappearing off the cobblestones. Teddy Gillespie, you and your brothers, I will pay you one-sixth of a coin for every rat you kill. That was fine, and worked out well for everyone until Teddy caught the fever. He's worked himself into such a state! There must be something you can do! <laughs> but the mayor, my father, had no solution. One day, a music came down upon the valley like fog among the tombstones. It was so sweet. It made me think of Ma. I opened my windows and listened for a long time. My father answered the door when he knocked. And I soon heard pleasant talk coming from the parlor. I pushed the door open and went in. What I saw filled me with a fear like I had never known. Sitting on the couch was a man Baby. with a skull upon his shoulders. It grinned at me, dead-eyed in the poor lamplight. I felt myself turn to stone. What's the matter with you, boy? I... I, uh... As I was saying, I can have the rats out tonight for a price. Yes, a price. A steep price, it seems. Shall I let you discuss the matter with your son? Bram? This Piper fellow wants 400 coins to rid us of our rats. He claims that he is a magician. Perhaps a demonstration. Piper began to play. Piper, good fellow. Nothing is happening. The stranger looked at me and I swear he winked one luminous green eye just as my father sat forward and punched himself square in the face. Make it stop. Make it stop. <laughs> okay, magician, you've made your point. I'll pay you your 400 coin, but I will only pay you half up front and the other once the job is done, under the condition that there is not a single rat left in the village. Agreed. And don't betray me, or I will take more than your rats. 
And so it happened that when the moon was just over the village, full and high as it could be, Piper stood in town square, his purse two hundred coin heavier, and his flute upon his lips. My father had let me accompany him. Bram, go through the village and make sure there's not a single person outside. Everyone's inside. Everyone but you. I had a mind to stay and watch him catch the rats, or even help him. But he told me I too had to go, else I'd be eaten. So off I went, back home to my writing desk. Hardly had I begun my studies when the music came through the open windows. I was caught in its rhythm and found myself quite unable to think a single thought. I went to the door and threw it open. I didn't risk stepping out. From every garden to every dark corner, and even the cracks in our neighbor's wall, a black river of oil spilled into the streets toward the square. Rats shining, black rats. One pushed past my foot in the doorway and leapt into the grass. They fled towards Piper as he moved towards the village gate. I listened until I could hear no more, and knew the rats were gone. Up to the mountains, just as the magician had said. But that's not the end of it. For the day after the rats had gone, Piper did not return. Well, it's painfully obvious that he must have eaten them. <laughs> And should he return, it is only fair that we pay him the remainder of the 200 coin. But the villagers should pay their fair share. I fronted half. He decided it was high time for a good old country dance. We gathered in the barn that night. It seemed every family had someone at home in bed with some ache or pain. And not a single soul wanted to put a coin in my basket when I came around to collect for Piper. The rats had eaten everything. We need the money to pay for food. I, I could have gotten rid of them rats all by myself, you know. By the end of the night, when my father saw that I had collected nothing, he was quite upset. Hmm. I don't intend to pay the Piper. The other 200 coin is owed by all of you. The day before yesterday, the magician came around wanting his coin, and my father was yelling in Piper's face. But the image was silent, just smiling ever so slightly at my father in a way that worried me. Remove this man from my presence! Father's personal assistant tried to put his hand on Piper's shoulder, and quickly learned it was a mistake when he got a flute to the wrist. I used to be an adventurer like you, and I took an arrow in the knee. Piper turned and walked away. I hope 200 coins was worth it. That was two days ago. When I wake, it's the music I so long to hear. Piper's melody swims in my head. I feel drunk and giddy. I can almost see through the darkness. Darkness, everybody! Dark, everyone! Darkness is spreading! Down into the town square. I imagine I can see Piper playing. Though the moon is high, it does not give much light. Through the door, into the yard I go. My feet moving in rhythm. I step into the street, and a child of three joins me. We move in pace with one another. My legs hurt and my groin feels bruised. As the child and I walk past Glipsby's house, Seth and Jacob come out, their eyes fixed towards the square. Their mother comes out after them. She grabs Seth's arm and pleads. She sobs. She tries to stop him by putting her whole self in his path. Seth's fist, holding a flaming torch like a cudgel, comes down hard and fast. It strikes his mother on the head, and when she gets up, he hits her again. Then he is up and walks towards Piper. When he reaches him, I see the children coming. Those who can walk, walk, and those who cannot are carried by those who can. 
Pipo looks at me over his flute and winks, then begins to lead us towards the village's stone gate. We follow him like the rats had. As the day breaks, we enter the mountains. All the while, Piper plays. As we get deeper into the earth, I feel so weak I am not sure I can walk much longer. The music stops, we slow down. One by one, the children start to sit. Many are sobbing. Suddenly, I find that I am terrified and look around for Piper. There he is. He comes near me, a rat on his shoulder. He feeds it a child's finger. Brem. I try to speak, but there is something acidic and frothy bubbling up out of my throat and choking me. Brem. And as I lie here, fever slick and foaming, awaiting that sweet embrace I have so longed for, I finally feel his rotten lips among my own and know that death is serenading me home. If you believe that fairy tales come Instagram and Facebook, go get a reading. Don't ask her when you're going to die. Or it will be right then because it will be her that kills her. <laughs> I don't know that's true. That's not true. <laughs> but don't test it. Piper by Katrina Slater. Read by Gorsi and Fing of the Miss Mitts. Musical guests, Miss Mitts with the song Highway Horror. Go check out their new stuff on Spotify. And dig on that new intro, written and recorded by the Classy Rex. <laughs> Go check them out on Spotify. Hey, <laughs> gotten a shirt yet? Why not? Go to tpublic.com, look up Happy Horror Coffee Break, and 
Look at all the shirts. There's plenty of shirts. All kinds of shirts for all your shirty needs. What's that? You don't wear shirts? I can't do anything for you. Tell me why. <laughs> Send me a message at happyhorrorcoffeebreak at gmail.com or follow me around like a puppy dog on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. At Happy Horror Coffee Break or at Real Happy Horror. <laughs> hey, you live anywhere near Tulsa or you want to be around the Tulsa area? And anytime, why don't you go check out the Looney Bin? They got some funnies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> oh, 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 why don't you tell me what you're thinking about? Call me and leave a message, and I will play it on the show. Don't you worry about it. Call 918-928-5230. That is 918-WHAT? <laughs> Other than that, my skimpy Sally, go take a long, hard look at yourself. And until next time, enjoy your rat-free coffee break. Aries, we're back on the air. Take the recording equipment off of eBay. Ah, bring my arm, don't I want? Jesus, fuck. Channel 4. And a half.